0: DRUMS, PLEASE! So today is an interesting topic for me, poker life advice, because... I am actually writing a book about this. Um, I'm not hawking the book because it's not available, so uh, I just wanted to talk about the concept of it and really kind of get a gauge for how interesting it might be. Because I'm trying to write it in the sense that you don't have to be a poker player to understand it. Maybe you can learn a little bit about poker by reading about it, but it's really sort of my personal story about how poker has helped my life and helped me. Navigate the world by using poker strategy in real life situations, um, such as navigating through traffic, is a big one. Um, You know, navigating corporate spaces and even relationships. Um, You know, some of the big topics for me are understanding probabilities and statistics, the likelihood that something's going to happen, um, the value of things, because often, based on the luck factor, um, you would often have to make the sizing of your bet based on the probability of how well your hand's going to hit. So if you've got four cards to a flush and you need one more card and you've still got two cards to come, uh, statistically, that's a four and a half to one chance that that's going to hit. There's this gorgeous fog I'm running through right now. Um, I'm driving through. Uh, Every once in a while we get this nice fog in the morning and um, it kind of looks Walking Dead-ish. It's really fantastic. I just want to take photos of everything while I talk and drive and be the most dangerous person ever. Uh, don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about the logistics of that. Um, <laughs> so basically, poker strategy has helped me to understand the value of things more than I would have otherwise. Um, so with the 4.5 to 1 possibility, it's like you have to make sure that you're getting 4.5 to 1 at minimum on your money in the pot so if um, if the pot is worth $100 you would have to the, the bet would have to be no more than $20 for it to make sense for you to take the risk so it's really about risk assessment risk, risk aversion um, making sure that you are making intelligent decisions about the risks that you're taking and um, there's really a lot more of a deliberate nature about it you're not just um, going out there and and taking a wild chance you know you're looking at the odds and seeing how how everything will pan out I'm trying to traffic's not moving so i'm like photo time that might work but my hands in the way that's stupid done all right <laughs> I'm not going to do that anymore. I won't scare you, I promise. It's going to be great. But it's just too good. The sun was, like, peeking through the fog, and it's gorgeous. Anyway, back to anchor things. So, uh, yeah, the value is a big one. Um, percentages. Um, assessing people is another big one that I'm going to elaborate on in the next few. The people is the big one, because poker is really a people game. You watch the person that's playing um, you watch their mannerisms, their tics, because most people aren't aware of their own little shortcomings, uh, their own little revelations about the things that they do based on their emotional responses. So if you get a good hand, somebody is more likely to be a little bit calmer. If you're trying to bluff, somebody will likely do more nervous tics. They're actually more likely to try to do reverse reverse psychology and stare you in the eye and say, you should probably fold. <laughs> That's usually a pretty good sign that they're they're bluffing. So uh, you can use you can use that one as a pretty sure bet. Unless they're a good player, then they might actually use that against you. So make sure you take time to assess um, whether or not they're actually a person that that knows what they're doing, because they can reverse reverse you. So that can get a little tricky. <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes I've ran into people who are a little bit arrogant in poker. Uh, some of these young guns that have been playing a lot of hands online which was me I guess at the time but I got to this point where uh you could see through the arrogance where these guys have not a lot had a lot of uh, in-person experience and they're very distracted by their phones and the things that they're doing and not really paying attention to the people at the table you can always take advantage of that um so next I'll talk about the people aspect because I think that's the most interesting Poker is a people game much like life is very much a people game way more than a lot of us will likely admit uh, we're social creatures and I think that's the beauty of it. People really like the social aspect. A lot of men really like the competitive nature but there's a lot of ribbing each other but, and certain like honor codes and honor systems and and unwritten rules um, so that there, there's a certain there's a certain samurainess. <laughs> poker, which is kind of interesting, when you get into the community and you start to understand how the game is played, you you sort of have a feel for, like, things you should or shouldn't do. Um, we know one of the first things that you should do when you sit at the table is make friends with the person to your left and to your right, because all of the action goes clockwise. So you want to make sure that if you're being extra friendly with the person to each on each side of you, that they will more, more likely go easy on you just because of human nature. Um, If you're charming and friendly, you know, occasionally they'll play a hand because their hand's too good, but I've had situations where a guy's had a pair of kings uh, to start off, and we've been both in the blinds, which is the last to act, and nobody else is in the pot, and he's like, you know, I can't fold this, but, you know, let's throw 10 bucks in and see what happens. And that saves a ton of money, because... Well, it saved me a ton of money because he could have just tried to milk me for as much as I could, as much as he could. But instead, because of how friendly we were to each other, he kind of went easy on me and said, like, you know, I don't want to take your money, but hey, let's run this out. I'm curious for the luck aspect of it. Um, And, you know, that can be fun. But it's also nice to not, not run into situations where you can have your money taken. So that's good, because <laughs> sometimes it's hard to read players when they're right next to you. It's it's harder to see their face, um, and see what's going on there. So making friends with your immediate neighbors, and that kind of works at, in your home life too. You want to be friends with your neighbors in case you need things, uh, in case you need something from them, need them to. You know, often your neighbors are watching over your house without even realizing without you even realizing that that's happening they're kind of noticing unusual activity um, or the usual activity so they'll be aware if there's any unusual activity and be able to tell you if something's wrong or something's weird or you know they'll be more likely to approach you if something weird happens in their backyard a tree falls down and they'll be like hey <laughs> if, they're, if you've been a jerk to them they're just going to be like, whatever, let him deal with it. But if you got some nice neighbors and people that you've made friends with, they'll be more likely to help you in different situations or randomly give you a casserole or something. I don't know. Um, you know, People on the poker table are not likely going to do that, but they might go easy on you in the sense that because if the person to your right, your person to your right is always going to act before you do unless uh, you're the first person to act at the table. Uh, to make an action, whether that's to raise, fold, call, whatever. Um, And they're going to do that first every time. So I'd almost say, I'd say they're pretty important in the sense that they will likely not do much. If they're the first person, like if everybody's just calling, which means just meeting the minimum bet um, and they have a good hand, they may not raise depending on their level of amateurness. They may not raise the the hand um, because you're to the left because they appreciate and respect you and they may not want to do that um, an advanced player will look, raise no matter what um, even plenty of amateurs will do it no matter what but they're less likely to raise for no good reason um, you know because they're bored or they want to try to steal the pot or something like that so they'll be friendly to you and then person to the left of you is acting after you so they're kind of the most dangerous in the sense that you could end up spending money limping into the pot which means paying the minimum and right after that they will raise and you end up wasting your minimum because your hand was not good enough to raise to begin with so you're it's definitely not good enough to call a raise um so in that sense in both the poker sense and the life sense it's good to respect your neighbors and respect each other um so it's a very friendly game. So if you're if you're trying to get people to go easy on you, or or uh, have more ways of controlling the situation, being nice to people is a uh, is a way to do that, and uh, that works in life and that works in poker. So another part of the people game is observing people. Really, um, that's a big big thing that I learned about poker is to kind of be aware of your surroundings, aware of people, and um, aware of kind of like the unwritten laws and honor codes that people like to live by. Because there is a certain rule of of conduct within poker that's kind of interesting, Um, particularly when it pertains to like cell phones at the table, um, you know, making sure that you're aware of when it's your turn, when it's time to go, keeping the flow of the game. Um, Often people will turn on you (laughs) if you're not keeping the flow of the game. Um, or if you're taking too long to think, um, you know, without a quick little, little like apology, that's I like to throw that in there. Like if I need an extra minute to think about a hand and usually people are very understanding if there's like a lot of money in the pot and they're like, uh, you know, they're like, okay, take your time. But also while someone's thinking to not speak too loud, to make sure you're giving them the room to breathe another good thing, and I know it's so bad because people see it in movies all the time, do not do not, do not do the thing where you let them show their cards first, make them think that they won, and then reveal your winning hand that's that's no good don't do that, that's bad you will get beat up in the parking lot for that (laughs) so, that's a good practical poker thing, but There's certain unwritten rules of of etiquette that I think are interesting um, and how you navigate the corporate world and traffic and relationships. It's kind of understood that you go to a date and you're kind of like expected to kind of give your best and, you know, dress up a little bit or have certain expectations that you're supposed to to meet minimum requirements, as it were, you know, showing an effort, trying, being aware, you know, fitting within a community, trying to fit within the space a little bit. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that you have to, like, completely conform. You can totally still be a badass punk rock. But at the same time, you should respect the rules, um, whether or not you follow them. Um, because often, if you're so aggressively against the rules, it's going to work against you. You know, you have to kind of give in a little bit. Um, and just, it's a matter of respect in the game, and for poker, it's a, it's a matter of respect for the people and for the game. Um, you know, if somebody's being a jerk, I'm not going to give them my personal respect, and it's it's not going to be a thing. But for me, because I want to live within this community, because I want to play the game, and I want to be able to, to do this without a hitch, um, without people turning on me, it's appropriate for me to follow the system and follow the rules. Same thing with the corporate environment. I've had the issues where... I, I've always had authority issues I've always had a problem with corporate structure I've been lucky to live to work in this job live Freudian slip to work in this job where I uh, basically am able to have a lot more freedom than many more many other corporate type jobs would have um, mostly because you know marketing is a big deal and I'm pretty much a rock star but <laughs> uh It's you know there is a structure that needs to be abided by in a certain sense you know, of rules, a hierarchy, an understanding that I'm not going to go through, you know, the building and make murder jokes as much as I probably can, (laughs) murder jokes and cocaine jokes and all that stuff that's going to get me fired. There's HR rules to follow you know, Um, you have to kind of live within sort of the loose guidelines of the community in order to function without being kicked out or exiled which is something I learned from the Stoics which is probably another topic I'll do this week Um, so you know respecting the rules uh, and I was talking about observations but this kind of like transformed into respecting the community guidelines as it were which is true I mean you can sort of stretch the rules a little bit and um, change things up you know Jamie Gold was a guy that won the 2008 World Series of Poker and he won it by doing a lot of talking, that was probably one of the most interesting World Series of poker because he talked a lot. he tried to convince people of like what his hand was or wasn't. He would often tell the truth, which was like one of my favorite tactics. Um, he would often tell the truth about his hand, but because it's poker, you can't really tell if people are being truthful or not. So he was he was very very talkative and um, that he played that strength. He had a thing also where he would show one card and get people thinking. Uh, I thought that was fascinating also. He actually ended up making the rules change because of that year. So, you know, try that. Poker also taught me about uh, value and saving money. Uh, Finances. Because, well, money is your currency in poker as it is in life. Um, It taught me how to be a little bit more fearless with money when you're sure of what you're doing with it. Um, so I, I would often, when I cashed in, I would get my chips, I would stop looking at it as money. I would look at it as pawns in a game. Um, but through that also, uh, because of the luck factor and the probability stuff, uh, it taught me to be more aware of how I'm spending my money and how I'm using it. Um, which are, Two of the same things that I just said back and forth back to back. I do that a lot. <laughs> I like to say things twice, but in a different way. That's, I don't know. That's just how I am. Anyway, <laughs> so value is a big thing. I like to, to use the four four and a half to one probability thing, but you also think about how likely it is for someone to get aces in a hand or how likely it is for someone to get a big hand how likely it is for someone to get a certain hand and how they're reacting based on their position at the table, Um, which is more advanced stuff that doesn't really need to be gone into here. But, um, you know, how likely are you to get a certain good hand and how you can play into that as well? Um, But likely, most likely you're just using basic math to, to look at how much money is in the table. It's like, all right, he bet two bucks, two bucks, now there's 4 bucks in the pot, now there's $6, blah, 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 and being able to kind of do quick math, and that was, for me, I was always really good at that, I was really good at the quick math to the point where it impressed people, and one guy gave me a Mensa card which I was like, uh, I don't think that's necessary <laughs> but that was nice of him to think I'm smart <laughs> And uh, uh, but I, I do math pretty quickly, so that was pretty beneficial um, for me <clears throat> but it's really just kind of like looking at the statistics and looking at the, the value of the situation and also looking at the value of the risk. So if it's very likely based on the mannerisms of the other people at the table for you to be able to extract money from them, it might be that that value, that amount of money that you might be willing to put into it um, would go higher. So that 4.5 to 1 that I was talking about before might change if you're playing with a loose player that is more likely to put money in the pot when your hand hits. So that when you have the best hand, you will extract the most value from him. So there, there's all these other ex- like extended concepts in poker called expected value and all these other things that are talking about like based on the kind of player they are, if you're going to get extra money from them. Or if they're a very tight player, meaning they only play premium hands, and you're likely to not like they're they're more likely to fold if they feel that they're lost, that they're losing. You're not going to get as much value out of them, so you'll have to risk less. So it's it's situational, you know. It's it's um, like making purchases. You're you want to look at you know for me I I like to look at the value of a product. If it's too expensive for what it's worth. I will not go that route you know I'm averse to like headphones is a good example I recently bought some headphones that were in the $25 range and they were decent quality but not good enough for what I would expect $25 to be for headphones Um, which is not really 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 high expected value I feel like a good value for headphones is around maybe $60 to $70 if they're really really good Um, it really depends on the audio quality and stuff like that but you know it's it's. It's one of those, like, you pay for what you get sort of things. You know, you pay too little, you know you're going to not get much quality out of it. Um, and if you pay too much, you're just a sucker. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it's a hard concept to really explain because it's like it's almost a matter of experience, one of those things. Um, but I've been really great at assessing that. Uh, I'm still bad at it when it comes to food <laughs> because I spend way too much money on food. But I, I, I know that I'm spending way too much money in food, so in a way, I kind of know what I'm doing, but still doing it anyway. <laughs> uh, um, so I don't know. That's It's, it's just kind of a vague concept, but percentages and value, um, that's another concept I learned from poker that I thought was kind of interesting to share. So the last concept I want to discuss is the control factor, the luck factor, because the thing that fascinated me the most and um, the thing that they talk about a lot in uh, in the movie Rounders which if you've not seen Rounders even if you're not a poker fan or if you're a little bit interested in poker you should watch that movie it's one of Matt Damon's earlier ones Uh, Matt Damon and Edward Norton and they're fantastic together it's a really it's such a great film it's like the the bible of poker movies Um, so I suggest taking a gander at that one Um, So control and um, the luck factor is is super fascinating because you have way more control than you think you do. You have the decision for how much money you put in the pot, the decisions for whether or not to play a hand, decisions as to where to sometimes where to sit at the table, um, decisions as to, you know, decisions on each street, you know, as the three cards come out, you have a decision before the hand starts, when everybody's putting in their initial bets based on the cards that start, Um, you have, actually, you have a decision whether or not to even sit down and play. So, there's that. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, you have your initial bets, you can choose whether or not to play the two cards you have in front of you, based on your position, based on the cards you have, based on the people you're playing with, etc., etc., etc. So you're assessing that situation even before you make any decision, even before you look at the cards. I've had plenty of times where I've won hands without even looking at my cards. It's it's kind of baller, actually. (laughs) Um, and then, um, there are uh, there are more decisions to be made throughout the hand. So, with the, when the dealer puts out the first three cards, the first three community cards called the flop, um, you you do another round of betting and you make another decision based on the new information that you gather. So, you're deciding again whether to play or call based on what's presented in you in front of you. Now, the luck factor is the cards that are in front of you there is a random probability. But at the same time, it is one deck of cards, so you can do sort of a, a degree of card counting if you have if you have an idea of... Um, if you feel pretty confident in what your other players, the other players have, then you can kind of use that to your advantage as well. Um, so if you feel like somebody has an ace-king, and there is a king on the board, and um, somebody else calls, and you're pretty sure that they also have a king, and you have a king in your hand, um, you can decide whether your king... Is you know beats the other two because there's going to be no other kings coming out most likely. Um, you know I don't like to live in absolutes if it's if it's not absolutely revealed. So if I'm you know I kind of hover in that area of like I think he's got Ace King, I think he's got King Queen. Um, you know it kind of it could be this range of hands one two or three. Um, he could just have queens and being trying trying to protect it or something like that. Um, so that's more advanced stuff again, but. Uh, you know usually I put a range of hands out there and then make my decision based on that um, and then another stri- another card comes out called fourth street uh, I had a cloth- or clothing brand called fourth street clothing and that's why that was named that uh, didn't really take off because I didn't design enough things laziness <laughs> and um, then uh, I may revisit that one day by the way so I think it's still up fourthstreetclothing.com you can try to Take a look. There's social channels, too. 4th Street Clothing with the number 4. 4th ST Clothing uh, on, like, uh, on Twitter. And then I think Instagram is fully spelled out. Uh, anyway, there's really nothing on there anyway. So, and then you have the river, which is the fifth card that comes out. And you're making a decision on each street. So, as you get new information, you're making decisions. You're So, you're really taking control of the situation. And taking control by putting bets out there to see... You know, it's sometimes taking control to see how people feel about the situation. So if you're, if, if everybody just checks, which is like passing on a bet, essentially, uh, in Europe, they call it passing, which makes more sense that you say pass, um, and you go to the next person, um, you will, uh, sometimes you can put a feeler out there to control the situation. So you put out a small bet to see where people are at, you know, maybe is wedding, a wedding, waiting to raise after somebody bets. So you put out a small bet, which is of little value, doesn't really affect your bankroll, really just like the minimum bet, just to see how people feel. If they just call, maybe you don't get any new information, but you maybe know that they have enough of a hand to stick around for the next card. Um, if they just fold, great, you, you eliminate some players. And if they raise, then you know, they're trying to trap someone with minimal effort. So, um, that's interesting. <laughs> so, you can put feelers out there to try to regain some knowledge about the situation, and you have more control than you think you do. I recorded a wrap up segment and it kind of just disappeared, so I don't know what happened there. Weird. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to wrap this topic up because the poker thing is like a huge topic, and there's a reason I'm writing a book about it because I can write an entire book about it. Um, so, when that comes out, if you're interested, I will let you know. Um, where you can pick that up, but uh, it might be a little while because I haven't haven't really looked at it in a bit. Um, I started it like two years ago, and I have a full outline and, well, not really an outline. I have a first draft, essentially, but I want to go back through it and add some personality to it and tell some personal stories as well uh, in a way that'll make it a little bit more interesting. So with that, um, you know, I implore you to take some of these lessons of Of particularly having control, you have way more control over situations in life than you think you do. Um, You know, you can ask questions, you can talk to people, you can communicate properly, you can, um, you know, convey what you're feeling. I know you have to live sometimes within a certain community guidelines, but you don't have to live within expectations. You don't have to live within what someone expects of you or hopes of you or wants of you you know you do what you want you do what you love do what you enjoy do what makes you happy because then in turn you'll make other people happy um so don't sweat that so much don't sweat that don't don't sweat what other people feel you need to be uh you need to be what you need to be uh, in order to be an accomplished and you know successful and happy person in life you know you need to you need to do what you want for you and you have way more control over that than you think you do you can control you know your your job situation you know oh my job sucks well find another job (laughs) you know you've I know it's not always that easy and that cut and dry but you have way more control to start the process as much as possible I'm not saying like walk into a job and say hire me it's like you can start the process of finding a new job. You have more control over those, uh, over your fate than you think you do. You're unhappy in a relationship. Start making strides to find something else, whether that's for yourself or another person. Not usually another person. That's not always the best idea, but sometimes that helps. Um, and... I was trying to think of other situations, but <laughs> right now those are the two that always stick out. So... Um, you, you just have more control than you think you do you know so so look at control look at value there is a luck factor in life a little bit but usually you make your own luck you make your own fate um so assessing value assessing um i don't know i'm tired <laughs> i don't have anything else i hope you learned something from this uh and if you have any questions feel free to call in and um we could totally talk about it or hit me up on instagram or twitter at rival design and we could do this so on that note i'll talk to you guys later